Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garbage Podcast, episode 128. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Steve Brady, Alex Clausen, still nowhere to be found in Germany. Steve, how we doing? I'm doing well. I feel like there's a hole in my heart without Alex Clausen, excuse me. I just got choked up a little bit uh, talking about it. Yeah, Clausen's having a good time in Germany. He's on a completely different time zone, obviously, than us. Uh, he texted us at like four in the morning today, which I have no idea what even is that in German time, but it woke me up. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> it was 318. <laughs> yeah, so that was cool. Otherwise, doing well. Big series for the Sox just now. It's like no matter how mid we get, we're still we're still less mid than the Yankees. And that's really all that matters. I feel and like how are you doing, Andrew? Oh, thanks for asking, Steve. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be talking talking some socks on this lovely Monday morning. Uh yeah. I think it's been yeah, it's been 2 weeks since we recorded it and the Red Sox had a had a little bit of a I wouldn't say difficult stretch coming up, but they had two series against the Yankees, which especially with how they played them last year was a little bit worrisome. And you take 5 out of 6, you get the sweep yesterday. You sweep the doubleheader, Steve. I need to know, do the Red Sox fully need to commit to the yellow jerseys? Because when they announced on, was it the game on Saturday got rained out? They announced on Saturday. Did they wear them on Friday? I don't think they did. I don't know. To be but they, they announced, I think, Saturday morning that they were going to wear the jerseys. I sent out to tw- like a tweet jokingly. I was like, win streak's going to go to seven. And they dominate the Yankees in two games. And if anybody has the historical record. There's this guy on Twitter I follow. I think his name's Jake Kuda. Great, like, random stats guy. He's a big White Sox guy, but he has, like, a chart where he does, like, White Sox record by uniform. If anybody has, from the last three years, Red Sox record by uniform, I'm very curious to see what the yellow jerseys shake out to be because I bet they have, like, a 900 win percentage in those. Yeah, it really is kind of like... It's one of those things where you can't overuse it. You can't abuse the power of the yellow jerseys. You can pull them out when you need them. But if we were just yellow jerseys every time we were at Fenway, you know, you might use out all of the all of the magic that they have stored in them. So for a Yankee series on a weekend like this, pull out the yellow jerseys, pull them out, sweep the series. Love that move, you know. But if we're playing, say, is this twin series next at home Uh, in Minnesota? It's in Minnesota. It doesn't matter. Next series that we're at home, you can't really just pull them out just to pull them out. You need to save the magic. Well, the thing the thing that I like about them, which it's like, again, they, they look fly as hell. I love them. Yeah, they're clean. Like, I love especially like the catcher, the catcher, uh, like gear looks so yeah, good. The blue, also, the blue part with the yellow, like oh, the blue accents. That's clean. so sweet. Did the you helmets, see yesterday? The helmets are great, too. The hats. I mean. If it weren't the Red Sox, it would look, it looks like a little bit goofy just with how different it is, but it looks clean at the same time. If that makes any sense. Um, I was going to say that, yeah, I, I feel like every time they break these out, there's kind of like a little, uh, little waiver, like we're going to wear these until the Red Sox lose. And then they end up wearing them for like, I don't know, five, six games in a row. They wore them at the end of the 2021 season when they needed a, a little bit of magic. That was like the Jose Iglesias run. They wore them, I think, like twice last year. Obviously, they weren't uh, great last year, but, you know, they break them out, and you can't really wear them on the road, but they did the job against the Yankees. Cannot wear them on the road. Can't wear them. Can't wear them. Those jerseys live at Fenway. Absolutely. I don't don't even think you're allowed to take them them out of Fenway. It's just like the magical, magical potion. Because you take them out of Fenway, you bring them to Minnesota. All the Minnesota people are going to be like, oh, what are these jerseys? I don't get it. They look bad. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, you just don't get it. You don't, you know, they don't Fenway, get it. You're not in Boston. You just don't get it. I don't get it. Sorry, you're from Minnesota. <laughs> feel bad for you. Four games for the Sox coming up against the Twins. And then we've got three against the White Sox the following weekend. They got an off day next Monday. And then three at home against the Miami Marlins, who are actually playing pretty well right now. But looking forward kind of this week ahead and then uh you know we can get into to some of the Yankees games and a little bit of the Colorado series which wasn't too great 
there is a big opportunity here for the Red Sox to to move forward. The Twins kind of having a similar season to the Red Sox, except they're in first place because the AL Central yeah. sucks. So there's that. They're and 36 the Red Sox, and 36, I think, and we're 36 and 34. I think we're like, like a game or half a game better than them. And we're in last. We're 37 and 35, and they're 36 and 36. Okay. There you go. So the Red Sox are a full game better than the Twins. Red Sox are in last. Twins are in first. I think you should abol- just abolish the AL Central. Just, uh, just disgusting to the league. I would low key, a little off topic, just love it if they redid all of the divisions. I think that'd be s- s- silly and cool. I know there's like, like I know with the the A's moving to Vegas, there was a lot of talk about an expansion team going there. But I think within the next ten years, we're gonna see two more MLB franchises. And there's been like thought that maybe the MLB will do divisions like the NFL. It's like there's eight divisions of four. Wouldn't a division of like the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox? I know the AL and NL is getting a little like messed up here, and like the Phillies. Wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah, I was thinking Phillies. I don't know who would make more sense if it would be like Phillies or Blue Jays or Nats probably would be yeah. three of the teams. Because you got to keep the Yankees and the Sox in the same division, obviously. Yeah. And then the Mets getting added to the Yankees division just makes sense. I don't know. I think it would be cool. I'd like to <laughs> Phillies see Phillies would make sense just because Boston and Philadelphia. Yeah, I'd like to see the MLB do that. But that's that's a whole other story for uh, for another day. Anyways... The Twins having a very similar season to the Red Sox, as Steve mentioned, with the records, but also kind of the way they're playing, where I feel like the Red Sox, at least, they go on the, the, this kind of like string where kind of right now we're, we're at the high and, and the season has been kind of it's like the parabola, Steve. It goes up, it goes down. We're at, we're at a high high point right now where Sox are streaking, they're hot, and you want them to build on this momentum. And then it's like they crash and burn for a week. And you're like, oh, man. If they have another bad week, this could get really bad. And then they pull out of it just a little bit. It's like they're going down for the crash landing. They pull up right at the right time. So now we're back two games over 500, four-game win streak. And again, you got a big opportunity here against the Twins. And you got Paxton on the bump today. Our best pitcher, arguably. Maybe not. That's he's been fantastic so far. Yeah, Bale's Our starting pitching has really gotten it together recently. Imagine if Chris Sale wasn't on the 60-day IL between Garrett Whitlock, pitching really well. Brian Bayo looking like he's going to be the ace for the next 10 years. James Paxton far exceeding all expectations. Chris Sale was still out here throwing 98 uh, with like a 317 ERA. We'd have a really solid four-man rotation. Whoever would bring up the rear, the five, Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck got hit in the face for the series. We can talk about that shortly, but the starting pitching just has been really solid recently. Pretty happy with it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I don't even remember if we we talked about the whole Chris Sale thing. I don't think we did. I think that was like the day after we recorded last, but yeah, I mean, it's been two weeks. It's unfortunate. I mean, you, you think he's going to pitch again for the Sox this year? I don't know if he's going to pitch again for the Sox ever. No, a hot take. I don't know. A that, is, that is a hot take, but I don't know if I truly believe that. This year, we'd have to make the playoffs, I think, and he might come back for like the ALDS, if we made it that far. He's just really damaged goods. It's unfortunate. He is like a stress fracture or like an almost stress fracture in a shoulder. It can take three to four months, I think, to come back from. I don't know if he's really got it in him to come back from something like that right now. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Again, I'm not a doctor, but he's on the 60-day. He's out until, I believe at the very earliest late July to early, I think early August. Um, so we shall see that leaves him about a month and a half time frame. But if I had to guess, I think he's probably done for the year, but he's got like brittle bone disease or something. He I must, know he he's got to put on, he's got to put on some weight. He's like six, five, 180 pounds. It's ridiculous. Literally. But yeah, as you mentioned, Paxton in the lefty spot in the rotation is, has stepped up big time. And he struggled in his first two starts, but you know he's made six starts uh, for the team, and he has been nails a three point oh nine ERA. I'm going to pull up his game logs here because, uh, yeah, last time out against Colorado, he was dealing. He's given up, uh, yeah, last time against Colorado, no earned over six, two earned against Cleveland the week before, 
uh, over seven innings. And then the week before that against Cincinnati, he gave up one run over five innings. And, you know, he's only had one start where he's given up more than two runs. And I know we're looking ahead here, and I don't want to put this into the airwaves, but if the Red Sox do end up selling at the deadline, Paxson's a guy I think you could get a, a pretty penny for, but I don't want to have uh, have it get to that point. You think you could get like some kind of farm, some farms, like a top 10 prospect from, uh, from a team? I do. I do. And I'm actually curious because I'm not even ruling this out where if the Red Sox are still playing well, come the trade deadline. I mean, the Red Sox right now are two games out of the wild card um, where, you know, it, th- this this year is very interesting. Like there's a lot of teams who I think people didn't expect to be great. I wouldn't even say overperforming, like playing really well. The Rangers. you got teams who like characteristically are are have had very good seasons the last few years kind of struggling like the Astros and the Yankees so the Red Sox the Astros and the Yankees I don't know if I would say they're struggling they're definitely underperforming they're six games above 500 yeah I mean I I guess underperforming is a better word but there's a there's a door here for the Red Sox to definitely make a run at the playoffs I mean we're we're not even halfway done with the season but I know Heim Bloom talked about recently. He was asked if the Red Sox would buy or sell at the deadline. Yep. I remember what he said. Keep going. He was like, I think we could do both. Yeah. Like Grant yep. Williams. It's like, I'm going to make both. He didn't yeah, make and then he, made, he missed both of them. But <laughs> yeah, you can buy a little. You can sell a little, probably. You know, you ship James Paxton unless you think he's a real integral part to, uh, you what you're trying to do here this year it depends really what you could get in return you definitely feel out the market a little bit and then you can bring somebody in i don't know who or what this team needs immediately to uh, make a run if you know you're essentially if you actually get trevor story back around the all-star break that's a free free quote-unquote and this is very loose when I say this acquisition of a all-star caliber caliber player <laughs> Again, those are all just like everything I said there is like, mm, really? Because he's not free. He should be playing already. And he definitely might not be an all-star level level guy when he comes back. But in theory, you know, that's a huge piece that you could gain there. And that feels a really large need in the middle of the infield, which might be our worst position uh, group at the current at this current junction. And we could go to the bullpen, try and get another solid arm. Maybe trade for Craig Kimbrell because he sucks. Who knows? I don't know. Picks up Craig. Yeah. You know, you know whose name I actually saw getting thrown around? Daniel Bard. I did. Well, yes, definitely Daniel Bard. Another guy who I would love the Red Sox to have a reunion with, who's he's been okay. He's had like two or three bad outings, but beyond that, he's been like pretty nails this year. And he's on a bad team. That's Joe Kelly with the White Sox. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly loves Boston. He loves Boston. I would love to see a Joe Kelly reunion again. This is this is a conversation for about a month from now. Um, about you know trade deadlines about six weeks away. But uh, Steve, you mentioned the shortstop position. This is the last thing I kind of want to hit on before Pablo we. Reyes. You see that catch? Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> ah, good catch. No. He was playing towards the middle of the. Oh, actually, yes, yes, yes. I, like the, the one jumped. Where he jumped up. Yeah, he jumped yeah, high. It was a good catch. I did see that. Probably um, the best play at shortstop we've seen this year. Easily. Easily. There. And again, what I was going to say is there has not been many notable plays. In fact, there have been a lot of negative plays with, with Kike there. And I feel like I've just lost lost years off my life watching Kike. I mean, I think it was against Cleveland or Colorado. Like He spiked one into the dirt. Red Sox lose by one run. He's seen uh, Just It's just sloppy defense is killed the Sox this year I mean in uh one of the extra inning games against Colorado Casas commits like that error right before the rain delay drops the ball and then the Red Sox you know end up losing by one again so again defensively the ball around needlessly oh 100% over here Connor Wong is done into the outfield we're letting extra bases go by balls are being tossed past Casas into you know the stands it's been we're like the worst defensive team in the league and by far the worst defensive Red Sox team I've seen maybe you ever. can say it you can maybe say it. Like ever yeah yeah I agree I agree but 
I, Steve, I, I know you've mentioned this in, in like past episodes where you're like, Trevor's story is not cut out to be a shortstop. I don't think he's going to be very good. Again, I'm still on like the, the you show me that you're you're half decent. I'm more than fine with it because, again, Kike's just been so bad this year. Uh, you know, we know Trevor's story is going to be, it might take him a little bit of time to get back into the groove. Going to be a better hitter than Kike. So I, I'm excited for story to come back and, yeah, I think that the timeline is maybe around the week before the All Star break. Yeah, maybe right before uh, we could see him DHing for the team, and then by late July, early August, see him back at short. So I don't know. I'm excited for that. Stories, defenses. I think that I have a lot of confidence in his glove. I think his glove is good. It's going to be good. He'll get to the ball. He'll pick up the ball. Question is, can he throw the ball to first base? And can he do it in a fashion where Tristan Casas, who is supposed to be a plus defender at first base, hasn't necessarily been that so far this year, uh, where Casas can catch the ball. He's a big target. He's like a six foot five moose. But <laughs> if if uh, Trevor Story's arm physically can't get the ball there, you know, useless, essentially. So I really, we really got to just see how that goes. Yeah. And then. When he comes back, we'll see kind of how the the situation at second base shakes out. I'd be okay with Kike kind of assuming the full-time role at second base because since Christian Arroyo has been back, he has been just atrocious at the plate. He's uh, in the last week, one for 15 with a double. Um, Again, I look at at Arroyo as as a utility guy, as a guy who should be coming off the bench. And with all the injuries this year, including himself, but now he's kind of slid himself into a starting role because we don't have anybody else. But have you, are you starting to kind of give up on Arroyo? Kind of like, all right, maybe this is time to, time to kind of look a different direction. Not even going to lie to you out of the three of us, uh, including Alex Clausen, who some people probably forget. uh, He's a person. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I think I've been the least pro Christian Arroyo person on this podcast and I haven't even necessarily hated on him a ton. I just don't think I've ever said anything really extremely positive about him. He has never been great. I don't think he ever will be great. And if he doesn't fill the need that we need him to fill, I, he's just taken up our roster spot at this point. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, the other two guys who, were like I know with with Mondesi, that's a that's a whole big thing right now. I don't think we're gonna see him this year. Heim was saying that he's not really progressing at the rate they want him to be. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. And then I guess something's going on with Yu Chang. I I know he was rehabbing with Portland like three weeks ago, and he just hasn't. He got he got like re injured or something. So again. I, I don't really know. Maybe I, I think that when you when you think about point of emphasis at the trade deadline, I don't know how this episode is talking to like trade deadline talk already, but I think second base is definitely definitely something to look at. Definitely something to look at. But anyways, moving into some of the games, we'll start with this past weekend against the Yankees. And then we can kind of uh, get a little less in detail about uh, the games after that. The Red Sox again sweep the Yankees. The New York Street Sweepers, Steve. Yankees lose. <laughs> what um, what's up with the Yankees? What's up with the Yankees? I mean, you got you got guys leaving New York after having horrific seasons. You got Aaron Hicks goes off the Baltimore. He's ripping the ball right now. You got Joey Gallo. Same thing last year. They they dumped these guys. They're awful. They're plagued with injuries. Aaron Judge, without him, they're they're a sub-500 team. Anthony Rizzo, Stan Donaldson, I think they're all hitting under 100, like or uh, under 150 last two weeks to a month. They're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. And they're just a poorly managed, poorly coached franchise without Aaron Judge literally bailing them out by hitting a home run every single game and multiple other hits throughout the the game. There's no offense being generated. I'm pretty sure Giancarlo is hitting like 226 with like seven home runs, which is hashtag bad for somebody making $300 million uh, on his contract. Uh, Rizzo's on the older side, slowing down, 
Josh Donaldson's quite literally like one of the oldest players in the AL East. I think he your is shortstop. the oldest player. What? I, I'm pretty sure he is the oldest player. Yeah. Your shortstop it can't hit the baseball at all. I'm not even going to say his name. And then your outfield, it's like, can I even name people in the in the Yankees outfield right now? Could you, Steve, from left to left to right, could you name the starting outfield from the first game of the series? No, I can't. You could I like even even take a guess at one of them. Stanton in left, he's probably no. DHing, right? Yeah, no, he's DHing. No, I don't know. I mean, Clint Frazier got traded like a year ago. Um. Aaron Hicks got DFA'd. Brett Gardner's not a person anymore. <laughs> Judge is on the IL. Did they even have an outfield? Did they even trot anybody out there? Was it just empty? Uh, yeah, they they held tryouts at Yankee Stadium last week and uh, picked out three Little guys. Invincible action? Yeah. You see that movie? No, I haven't. You know I... what it is, though? You know what I'm talking about? You want to explain it? You know, Vince... Uh... What his last name? It's like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, the Eagles hold an open tryout. He uh, he makes the team. He's just some guy essentially. Mark Wahlberg gets uh, gets on the Eagles. It's a true story based on a true story. Interesting. Well, I think lucky for uh, Willie Calhoun, Billy McKinney, and Jake Bowers. That's that's kind of the same case. That's crazy. You just made those names up. I I, I could have. You just made those names. I could have. If someone was listening and like hadn't watched the series and I said that, I could have just come up with three names and you would have probably taken my word for it. Literally, if you were like, oh, yeah, Oscar Rodriguez started left field, they'd be like, hmm, nice. He's switch hitter. Switch hitter. He won won one for four hitting out of the the eight hole. He's the uh, number 22 uh, ranked prospect in the Yankees farm system. I would have believed you. Yeah. Exactly. No reason. He's he's 24. He's hitting. Uh, he hit two forty eight down at uh, Wilkes Barre, Scranton, earlier this year. Actually, sidebar: Is Clint Frazier good? No. Is he on, their... <laughs> is no. He on the Cubs? Is that what? No, you're they. They. I'm pretty sure he's like with Seattle now or something or Cleveland. Uh, Clint Frazier is an American professional baseball outfielder for the Chicago White Sox of the MLB. He's with the White Sox. Is he on their their major league roster? I highly doubt it. He has ten hits. Uh, in 46 at bats, hitting 217 so far this season. Nice. Who was the guy? I think I think Clint Frazier was the big piece they got back for Andrew Miller. Really? Because I think he was with Cleveland, and then he came over when when Andrew Miller went got sent there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the first game of the series against the Yankees, 15 to five W, absolutely trounced team from the Bronx and the biggest thing for me biggest takeaway from this game is I know the Red Sox offense has been been struggling of late the biggest takeaway for me is the the two out the two out hits the 13 of their 15 runs were scored with two outs finally a little bit of of clutchness coming from the Red Sox they went 10 for 18 with runners in scoring position and again for a team that has struggled in that category up until uh, I think a week ago, like, like this stat I saw was a week ago, they had one home run in their last 22 games with a runner in scoring position. And the home run ball has not, has not been the kind of the way that the Red Sox have been generating offense, but most, I'm not going to say everybody, most people are hitting. And especially with two outs, huge positive. A lot of offense. Got to say, actually, now that you have described the game a little bit to me, it's coming back uh, as I was watching this entire game on Friday. Justin Turner, old ass Justin Turner, the red scare, as I like to call him. Two home runs, grand slam. First career grand slam? Third? No idea. But it was he his did first hit or one. his third. It was his first or his third. I think it was his third. Two it was an rounds. absolute shot. Yeah. That made it like nine to three, whatever. You know, you just we were just beaten up on the poor old Yanks. I almost feel bad for such the poverty franchise that they are. Haven't been relevant since like the Walkman was. It's crazy. I know the Yankees have had injuries, but just the fact that they're trotting this team out in mid June against the Red Sox, 
And they, I will say, Steve, people forget this, but Brian Cashman got got signed to uh, to an extension to to continue for a longer period of time as the Yankees general manager. Yeah, yeah, Boone and Cashman just really holding down the fort, captain in that ship. Derek Jeter is has got to be just just upset. I don't know, but. Has Justin Turner, in terms of any really anybody on the Red Sox, has Justin Turner been, I wouldn't even say biggest surprise, like has he been unsung hero? Un, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. My question. Probably. He's just been really, really solid. He's up to like 280. I feel like he's been on base like every game for the past month. He gets on base. You know, it's like the money ball scene. He gets on base. Uh, and he hasn't been great at first base, but who has been great defensively at all? one. He just gets on base, and you know I feel pretty confident when he's when he's at the plate. Would I like JD Martinez on this team to hit two eighty six with a nine hundred OPS with like fifteen home runs? Yeah, I would. I would have liked. I would have liked. <laughs> you would, Steve? Martinez. Yeah, no, I would. I would have. But that's not to say that I'm unhappy with Justin Turner. In fact. Why not both? Shout out to El Paso. Free ad. Why not both? I don't think you can get mad at the Red Sox for passing on on JD and JT. And we talked about that a lot during the offseason about, you know, just kind of the reasoning behind it with, with defense in mind and this and that and JD regressing. And I don't think anybody saw kind of the season that JD is is having. I mean, he's on pace for like, 36 37 home runs right now like as you mentioned his OPS is is around 900 but the fact that that Justin Turner is is having I wouldn't say equally as good a season but he's been all around the Red Sox best hitter the last two weeks he's hitting three last 15 days hitting 321 his OPS is at 991 four bombs um you know he's he's got the best OPS on the team over that time best batting average, best slugging percentage, and he's tied for the most home runs on the team with uh with Rafi. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think some some of the veteran presence from him, he's been he's been great and you know, between Turner, Endeavors, and Massa at the top of the lineup, and you get Duval back who the last, you know, 3 or 4 games, he he's looked a lot more comfortable at the plate. I'm and, and Verdugo too. I'm I'm very I'm happy fine with the top 5 guys in the slot yeah i mean moss has been struggling recently uh Reduco's kind of cooled off really water has found its level there i don't know offense just is we're asking a lot from certain guys yeah well six through nine is where where they uh red sox have to figure it out a little bit but uh on the pitching side yeah tanner how he was pitching pretty well he went four strong had only given up a run, uh, struck out two, and then he gets hit. Uh, yeah, gets hit in the face with a uh, with a line drive right off uh, right off the dome. It could have been a lot worse. He only needed um a couple stitches right under. The eye. Right under. Uh, he's lucky that uh yeah there was not a, a situation where he got hit right in the eye, obviously. But uh yeah the bullpen locked it down for the most part. I mean with with a huge lead. Thankfully, they were able to do that. But Hauk has been placed on the IL. Where, where where do you go with the rotation if you're you're without Tanner Hauk three times through? Um, Cutter Crawford. I mean, he's already he's already kind of been in it. You go Bayo, you go Paxton, you go Crawford, Whitlock. Whitlock. And I will say this, Pavetta's been pretty solid out of the pen. I guess Pavetta, give him another shot. I mean, he clearly wants it, so it's nothing really <laughs> else you can do. There's nothing, there's literally, it's Pavetta or Kluber, and I don't want Corey Kluber to throw the baseball too much, like too often. Yeah. Just don't want him, don't want him it's out fair. there. It's fair. Maybe um, bring up, uh, just bring somebody up. Yeah. How's, uh, how's, how's Mata? How's he Mata, doing? he's hurt. Okay. He's in um, Florida rehabbing. Although he did repost about, one of our posts. That was kind of cool. How about um who's our number one pitching prospect right now? Let's just get him up. Uh Shane Drohan. 
Devin Worcester. Yeah, isn't he dealing? Yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. Uh, I don't have the, he? I don't have the Shane Drohan stats off uh off top. Where of is my head. he? Double A. He's in he's in Worcester. Oh, he is. Bring him up. Yeah. Bring him up. Let's see. He is twenty four. Yeah, he's pitched in. I think he's the Red Sox number five or six prospect right now. He's pitched in 12 games uh, this year, split between Portland and Worcester. I will say, though, he has struggled in Worcester. He's made six starts for each team, pitched about the same number of innings. And with Portland, he had a 132 ERA, Worcester a 534. Mm, At the end of the day. We don't really have a lot of options, and maybe this kid can get some some kind of benefit from being around the major league roster. Yeah, talking to guys on the in the rotation, talking to Corey Kluber, is one two side. Talking to James Paxton, who's throwing a no hitter. Talking to Brian Bayo, who's just gone through the process of in, uh, settling into the MLB. Even talking to a guy like Justin Turner about what the hitter's perspective is. You know, maybe there's some benefit there. I don't think the Red Sox are going to do that. I don't think they're even thinking about doing that. But uh, if your other options are Pavetta and Corey Kluber, I guess it's like Pavetta, I guess. I don't know. I know. I don't really want to bring this up, but I feel like it was so significant that we should probably mention it quickly. So against Cleveland, the Red Sox needed a spot starter. And they called up Matt uh, Dermody. Who, oh yeah, not the not not a not a great guy, not a great guy from from what I've seen online. Bad um, guy, bad. And I don't, again, I don't want to really speculate here. He's not with the organization anymore. Uh, if you have been out of the loop for the last two weeks, he was DFA'd, and then he went back down to Worcester. I think he made one start, and then they released him uh, after that. But that was just kind of an interesting string of events because I know Heim then said. After the start, I don't know if the Red Sox realized like all these tweets that he had sent out and everything. Um, If you don't really know what I'm talking about, you can go on Twitter and, and look it up for yourself. But he was kind of like, yeah, like we don't stand with any of this. Like it was a bad look. And then they ended up not releasing him at first. It was, it was kind of weird, but he's gone. But that that was that was weird. And I feel like the everybody who was a Red Sox fan was was even rooting against him. Uh, I certainly wasn't rooting for him. I thought uh, he just not a great guy. Just not a great guy. Got his own personal beliefs, and we can leave it at that. Yep. Anyways, I I, I did feel like we had to had to mention that. The other thing uh, that happened, uh, you know, almost two weeks ago now, was I think it was the night after we last recorded. We were talking about like all these guys coming back. Duvall's coming back. Who is going to get the boot? And I think we were both pretty heavily agreed that Tapia was was kind of the odd man out, and he was. Uh, he got DFA'd, he got released, and he got signed by the Milwaukee Brewers. But he was fine. Nothing too notable. But the outfield is just you know jam-packed right now. We got four pretty solid guys. Duran had a fantastic catch last night uh, really in center field. So, yeah. Ozzy Smith. Or not Ozzy Smith. And Ruff Snyder, Willie too. Mays. I almost Willie forgot Mays. about him. You know, the Willie Mays catch. Little, little basket catch. It was, <laughs> it was similar. A little bit. A little bit. But anyways, game two of the series, the first game uh, on Sunday against the Yankees. And the Red Sox and, um, excuse me, come out and, and win. Again, they won Steve 6-2. to two. And again, the story in in this one, Caleb Ort getting the spot start. Orchard Chamber. My guy. Uh, just, just when you think he can't go away, he he comes back. Speaking of the, of the other half of the Orchard Chamber, I think I saw Ryan Brazier got signed to a minor league deal with maybe the Dodgers. Good for him. He was always going to get some kind of opportunity again. Let's see. I think it was the Dodgers. I know he did get signed to a minor league deal. Yeah. Minor league guy, uh, he's playing, playing for the uh, some team, in the Dodgers organization. The Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, the Los Angeles Red Sox. That's what I meant to say. Both teams just have such big crossover. Yeah. But six to two win. Them. Or 
he pitched fine. He gave up the only two runs of the game on the the Glaber home run in the first inning. Yeah, I think the story in this one is that the bullpen comes in six and two thirds. Chris Murphy, who we've we've yet to mention, he had a phenomenal first outing for the Red Sox uh, out in Cleveland out of the pen. I think he pitched like three or so innings. He goes two and two thirds yesterday, uh, gives up one hit, three Ks, still is not allowed to run in his major league career. And then Pavetta uh, ultimately picked up the win. Chris Martin, too. I mean, the, the bullpen only give up two hits in six and two thirds. They've been they've been looking a lot better. I know it's been a lot of moving parts in the bullpen. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of. But for right now, the job has been been getting done. Yeah, I mean, can't complain about getting the job done. Cannot complain about getting the job done. Definitely can. Uh, yeah, couple guys, multi-hit games: Kike Turner, Verdugo, Duvall. Uh, and yeah, that that inning or that that rally in the sixth inning, where Connor Wong, um, you know, ends up hitting the double. Verdugo doubled. I think Turner singled after him. Uh, yeah, it's just those, those guys, all ex Dodgers getting it done for the Sox. They win six to two. And then you head to the nightcap of yesterday, which I kind of felt like was just kind of gravy on top of everything. Like if you're able to win it sick, if not, you already win two series and the Red Sox went four to one and see, I know, I know I've, I've seen this a lot on Twitter, but last, last couple of days, I feel like this is the big proclamation people are making, but the Red Sox, like Brian Bayo has cemented him spot, not only a spot in the rotation, but as a guy who I think moving forward, you're looking at as at least like a number two in this rotation. Yeah, I would say at least a number two, probably right now a number two, still very young in his major league career. And you're looking at him and you are excited for what is to come from Brian Bale. His stuff is dirty. He's got real strikeout stuff at eight K's yesterday. Velo's great, looks confident. And he's young. Brian Bale could be, should be, ought to be your ace for the next, hopefully, 10 years. Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. Uh, and again, I extend I, him I, right I, now. I would love that. I'd love for them to sign like an eight year extension right now. Like, yeah. Eight years, like 90 million. Yeah. Give him the, uh, the Acuna. Yeah. The Acuna. I was going to say the Atlanta Braves treatment, but yeah. I mean, last year, and, and I talked about a lot, I think it was before the season. I don't even remember. We're just, you know, Bayo's a guy. I feel like people were were very quick with him to be like, he has one or two bad outings. And maybe this was just like a couple of my friends who were like, yeah, he he stinks. He's not going to be good. I'm like, give the kid some time. He had a couple bad outings last year, which ballooned um, some of his numbers. And now, I mean, he had a career high eight strikeouts last night. ZRA is down to 349. Uh, you know, since, yeah, I know he missed like the first two to three weeks of the season, but he's made 11 starts. Uh, his whips out at a 1.3. And overall, like, he looks like he's having fun. I know the guys, uh, him and Justin Turner are apparently like super close. Super really? close. Yeah. See, that's what I was just saying about uh, that kid. If he came up, talk to Justin Turner. Joanne? I bet. Justin Turner talked to uh, Bayo a lot about what it's like from the hitter's perspective. And that usually helps pitchers to know what they're thinking. That way you can outthink them. It's a game of chess. It's a mental yep. game of chess. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, he pitched great. The offense, you know, Casas had the the big RBI or uh, ground rule double. He was in the sixth yep. or the seventh, seventh inning. Um, but yeah. I mean, the Sox get it done, sweep the Yankees. And I think right now, obviously, that's that's the best case scenario. But right now, I'm feeling pretty, I wouldn't say pretty confident, but I'm feeling confident that the Red Sox can continue this wave out into the Midwest next week. I'm hoping that we just captured this momentum, this lightning in the bottle, and keep it going as long as we possibly can. Like we mentioned earlier in the episode, the Twins are... I think a worse baseball team than us. We should win the series. Then we have, who do we have after that? I know we talked about it. Right down. Oh yeah. South side, South side, bad team, terrible team. 
awful team. Should awful. sweep them, honestly. Was, was Tony LaRusa not not actually the problem? Apparently not, because the Chicago White Sox have, have been supremely disappointing outside of that one year. If you're if you're a Southside fan, I'm feel bad for you. I mean, you spend on you finally spend on a guy. It happens to be Andrew Benatendi, who took him like 300 at bats this season to hit a home run. Mankata sucks, straight up. Is he's not good? No. Then who else you got? You got Dylan Cease, who's kind of been uh, worse than he was last year. I think Luis Robert, or whatever his name is, however you say it. It's not Robert. Um, He's been good since he did that thing that one time that got him benched. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. What's funny to me is that the the White Sox and the Chris Sale deal really wanted Ben Attendi and Mankata. Those were like their two biggest sacks. And Nebraska was like, I'll give you Mankata. I'm not giving you Benny. And I think the Red Sox, and I know the they Red Sox. Both. They got both. They, they do have both, <laughs> but the Red Sox got the best out of Benny. And now they're both with Chicago. They both kind of stink. Mankata's Benny, been really bad. Benny did just enough in his career that one year on uh, Casey. He's an all-star. Last year. He did just enough. He did just enough to get that, paid that new contract. Hand. Yep. See you guys later. See you later. Um, so oh, yeah. for the series against the Twins, you got James Paxton versus Pablo Lopez tonight, 740 Eastern tomorrow. Cutter Crawford versus Bailey Ober Wednesday. Whitlock versus Old Yankee again, who's having a great year, Sonny Gray. And then on Thursday, you've got Joe Ryan versus TBD. I love TBD stuff's gross. He's been so good this year. So good. So good. So good. What's your prediction for uh for the series against the Twins and then the White Sox? Uh three to four. We lose the Sonny Gray game. Two to one. Whitlock still plays good. Pitches well. And then the White Sox be sweet. Just got to sweep. Got to sweep the south side. I was going to say the exact same thing. Six six out of seven. Six out of seven. Six out of seven. Six out of seven. Sonny Gray's been top top five pitcher in the league. And even now with uh, Spencer Schrader absolutely getting rocked his past like three starts. He's up to a 417 ERA last time I checked. Uh, And Zach Allen... Also getting uh, beat up a little bit for the most part, not last start, but the two starts prior to that, he's at like a three plus ERA too, which isn't bad by any means, but he's a guy who you thought was going to be sitting closer to a two, four for the entire season. And Sonny Gray still is at a two, four with Erod hurt right now. You got Sonny Gray is like probably a top three pitcher this season right now. Maybe the best pitcher in the AL, maybe the best pitcher in the MLB. I don't know who else you'd put above him. Maybe, maybe. Uh, you got anything else from the last last week or so, or uh, upcoming season? Uh, I just like when the Yankees talk all that shit about there being no rivalry with the Red Sox anymore. You know, it's with the Blue Jays, with the Rays, blah blah blah. Whatever, it hasn't been the same forever. Uh, the Red Sox aren't the same Red Sox team that they've been. Uh, in the past, says Nestor Cortez. Well, Nestor Cortez, newsflash, the Yankees haven't been the New York Yankees since 2001. I don't know if you knew that or if you've been paying attention, but you haven't really been the same franchise for 20 years, literally 20 years. So while maybe we've had a rough go of it since 2018, we've been a very slightly above 500 team. The Yankees still just get beat by us every single time we play them. 2021 destroyed you in the playoffs. This year just took five out of six from you. You guys are bums. Talk your shit. Can't back it up. And the MLB loves them. They just came out with their new power rankings. They have the Yankees at number eight somehow. Number eight after getting swept by the Red Sox. Red Sox aren't even top ten. Yeah, getting swept by the Red Sox. Their captain is hurt. John Carlos Stanton's hitting 200. Like, what? Who? What do they have? Dude, Nestor Cortez isn't even. They have good Bowers, anymore. McKinney, and Calhoun, Steve. That's who they yeah. have. And you're in. Somebody in the MLB was like, it's number eight. Number it's eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Top I can five only teams. Think of seven better teams. The top five teams are hysterically funny. It's the Diamondbacks at five, the Orioles at four, the Rangers at three, the Braves, you know, you expect that. And then the Rays at one. A lot of those 
six years ago, poverty franchises. I mean, you get the Marlins at nine and the Angels at 10, and then Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, six through eight. Up is down, down is up, right is left, left is right. I want to see, give me, if the Red Sox aren't there, give me an Orioles Diamondbacks World Series, please. Oh my God, the viewers, the viewership (laughs) would be so bad. Awful. So bad. Awful. Or what about Marlins Angels? Angels, at least Shohei Otani would power Actually, the, yeah, the viewing. Would be pretty good. All right, then we'll do Marlins Orioles would be bad. What about Marlins Rays? A little little Florida? Little battle of Florida? Little Florida? Battle Florida. Battle Florida next. On the bright side for Florida, they can't lose another championship if they play each other. <laughs> True. True. Heat, the Heat and the, the Panthers had a tough go of things last week. Oof. We got Oof. some questions, though. From who? From Matt, album, maybe. Okay. First question. First question does come in from Matt. He says, "How many places do you consistently order the same thing at?" Uh, how many places? Like so, how many places? I know that you you didn't ask the question, but I'm going to ask you this question. This is a classic. Anyway. This is a classic. Steve, I Matt asked the question. Steve asked me to clarify. I don't know what Matt means sometimes. <laughs> so, do you think he means like how many different <laughs> restaurants do I have like a go to order at? I think so. I think that's 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 what I'm getting from this. So you could say like, oh yeah, I order the same thing at no free ads place one, no free ads place two, all that. Yeah, I mean, there's like a salad place in the. In the first floor lobby of my building, is it called? At. Is it called uh, Bitter Verde? Uh, yeah, I yeah, like it is. Place. And it's like very expensive, like a fourteen dollar salad. Which, yeah, is but those are so good, and those are like three meals. Yeah, no, they're big. They're, it's a big salad. If you've ever seen Seinfeld, you know, you know about the big salad. Um, big salad. I uh, I get the same thing there every time. Typically, if I go to like, I don't know, a lot of places, it's like you know. They, uh, you know, the the sub shop, the warm sub place. Actually, it's a great spot, D'Angelo's in Massachusetts. I don't know how often everybody's running to a D'Angelo's. I always get the steak and cheese there. So a bunch of places, I'd say. For the most part, it's like if I want something different, right, I go to a different restaurant. But if I want something specific, I go to the restaurant that I get that thing at. You know what I mean? Makes sense. I, I don't know. I'm a big mix it up guy. I do get the exact same thing where... I, the restaurant I probably go to the most, uh, the Me- the Mexican Grill. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I get oh, the same, same thing every time. Same thing every time. Yeah, same thing every time. You go white, white or brown rice, Steve? Uh, I I've got. I mean, I've been known to occasionally get the brown, but you typically white. Typically white. What's your order? What's your order, Gertie? Um, I usually go scoop of white rice. I go uh, a scoop of both beans. Bowl. Yeah, I go bowl. Definitely go bowl. bowl. Yeah. Um. Usually chicken. I do like the new chicken al pastor they have. That's pretty good. Uh, I go chicken. I do go with the fajita veggies. And then you go, uh, let's see, you go lettuce, you go cheese, you go sour cream, you go pico, and then you go corn. It's not bad. And then when I start start working, making a, a man's salary, I can, can throw guac or queso on there if I so choose. <laughs> The luxury. The luxury. <laughs> sure, sure is. Love me some avocados. Uh, second question, Steve. Actually, funny enough, it does come in from Matt. He said, <laughs> if, if stop signs weren't octagons, what shape would you make them? Signs guess, weren't octagons. It's got to be a triangle. A triangle is a menacing shape. There's already, it's already yield signs True. or triangles. You can't, can't, because am I yielding or am I stopping at this? True. You don't, you, know. you don't know. You need to yeah, know. And you don't you want, you don't want that road. confusion at a, at a four-way intersection. What about a, a rhombus? Rhombus? Pa- parallelogram? Oh, how about a pentagon? Oh, a little five-sider. So you're just taking... Just take one side off. Taking no, you're taking three sides off. Penta. Oh, hexagon is six. Is there a word for a seven? A seven septagon. Seven sided shape is a septagon. A deck. What about a decagon? You throw ten, two more on there. Sides. Too many sides. Too many, too many okay. sides. I think the pentagon is a good is a good one because the pentagon clearly, Washington D.C. a shape that demands respect, and you need from your stop sign. A shape that demands respect because I'm saying stop. I'm not saying yield and check it out. I'm saying stop. 
It's not. It's not a. It's not a roll through. It's, it's a not stop a maybe. for three seconds. It's Look not a maybe. It's a. It's a stop. It's a fully put your foot on that brake. Pentagon stop. Pentagon final answer. Lock it in. I'm going rhombus. Show me a sideways. You, yeah. Show me a flip it on its side. Give me a rhombus. <laughs> That's a soft shape. I think. I think a rhombus is a soft shape. I think it's soft. I, don't, I, don't I think like it's that. soft, especially compared to the Pentagon. If you're, if you're, if I'm blowing through a, a rhombus, I'm blowing through it. You're blowing through it. Okay. Blowing through um, it. That's all the questions we got from Max. We also got to get to wrap this up in a second. Uh, Steve, you got a Yahtzee of the week or uh, we can just combine these. What's your Yahtzee of the week and your ACITOPO uh, CJ Alex Core impact player of the week? I'm going Brian Bayo for my ACP ITOTW. Um, JC? Brian Bale. Okay. Give him a 0.88 for his eight strikeouts last night. And my Yahtzee of the week. I will go with uh this was it was this week that Devers hit that dinky home run around the pesky pole, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me go with that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, we didn't not a lot of Raphael Devers talk in this in this episode, but he has hit uh he he's Garrett Garrett Cole's dad too. We didn't talk about that, but he did hit on another home run off of uh Garrett Cole. He's just a weird guy. Mental he's midget. Mental midget. My Alex Cora player of the week. I'm actually going to double down on this guy. I'm going with Justin Turner. He hit 348 this week, two bombs. The Red Sox this week have only had home runs from two players. They both hit two, Rafi and JT. OPS over a K. And he's got my Yahtzee of the week for his grand slam against the Yankees. That was a better one. That was a better pick. It's okay. It's okay. Forgot about that. Y'all, you know, sometimes you make mistakes. But Justin Turner, I'm going to give him a point seven nine on the Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week scale. Lovely. Closing out the ninth. What do we got, Steve? Socks are hot. Socks need to stay hot. Perfect opportunity to do so. Let's get to work. Get to work, indeed. You got four against Minnesota, three against the White Sox. You are sitting 12 and a half back in the division right now. But the Sox are only two games out of the wild card in a very, very crowded American League. My closing out the ninth thought, I think the Sox, don't don't let the Sox get hot. Don't let them get hot. Do not, do not, do not, do you, not. You got, they're a little banged up right now, which they have been all year. Hawks out, sales out, stories out. Hopefully some relief coming soon, but I like what I'm seeing. Top of the orders doing its thing. The offense is coming around. You got the young guns on the mound finally starting to figure it out. Two games over 500. Don't let the socks get hot. And with that being said, don't let Gone Bridge get hot. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gone Bridge Podcast and Twitter at Gone Bridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Stitcher. And we will be back next week with episode 129. See ya!